0: What smells like shoe polish. Be quiet, we have a promo to do. I'm Jeff Ferry, and this is my row podcast mate Chris Durkacz, and we are the hosts of the Jay and Silent Bob Minute. We break down the Kevin Smith films featuring Jay and Silent Bob one minute at a time, starting with Clerks. I have a hockey game of 12. Chris, please. So if you've ever worked a dead-end job behind the counter discussing Star Wars while slinging coffee, nudie mags, and cigarettes...
1: Cancer merchant! Cancer merchant!
0: Settle down! Or if you ever leaned outside a convenience store, secretly hated all your customers, or closed your place of business to attend a funeral, you should join us at Jane Silent Bob Minute on DuelingGenre.com as we discuss the milkmaids, berserkers, and the significance of the number 37. In a row? Come for the clerks and stay for the rest of the Jane Silent Bob Minute fun. Right, Chris?
1: I'm not even supposed to be here today.
2: Dueling Genre.
0: To another Rocky Minute for the Daily Podcast that analyzes the movie Rocky one minute at a time. I am Doug Greenberg. And I'm Jason Haynes. And with us once again is Sully from Sully Baseball. Hey everyone, how you doing? Good. We are doing wonderful today.
2: So which Stallone film are we doing? Are we doing rhinestone? Are we <laughs> doing uh
0: we're doing are fist? We
2: doing fist, <laughs> are we doing over the top?
0: Uh, we're doing a uh, stud and kitty and studs. <laughs> <Move> <laughs> the soft core oh, porn.
2: God. Oh, dear God. Oh,
0: God. Oh, yeah, is right. Uh, well, today we are knocking out minute 14 of Rocky. Nice. Uh, which starts with Rocky counting Bob's money and ends with Rocky on a bridge getting into a Cadillac. So Rocky finds Bob is $70 short. He owes Gazzo 200, but he takes 130 off of Bob.
2: There's there's around um, around 14 seconds into this is when he's taking his coat off and I, the only thing I could think of when I was watching his performance the what's, what's the actor's name who played Bob? Um, it was uh, oh boy. All right, I'll go i to IMDb. But um, I'll, yeah. I'll I'll go I'll, I should have done my homework on this. Yeah, but social uh, media. He started that when he's looking, he's trying to convince um, Rocky to take his coat and everything like that. And um, he, he starts to look like Renfield from Dracula. You know, he just started like... <laughs> you know, his eyes are bugging out. You know, his uh, like, you know, take my coat. He's going to be start eating the bugs. Like, the master will come find me. Uh, I, mean, I, I mean, yeah, his name's Jack Hollander. There you go. Jack Hollander, you go. you're welcome. Um, <laughs> kind of that guy who's in Bang the Drum Slowly... Um, he's in, uh, uh, let's see, what are the, a couple of these in And Justice for All's great movie, Stardust Memory, We Allen film. He looks like he just plays, you know, some, this may be his biggest part, certainly maybe his most memorable part, but.
0: I wonder if he always plays like the mousy little, uh, guy finding every, himself in trouble.
2: Every role he plays, he offers his coat to save himself. <laughs> <laughs> he was tight cast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We were
1: talking, uh, yesterday, about um that bob was hitting rock bottom and when you're paying uh, your loan shark with your coat and you're just just take anything just here take my coat like you've you've hit rock bottom you have a problem right you know he tells him he's broke he's got no money he can't pay
0: on the script you know after rocky takes the money he's he asked bob so so how are you going to eat and bob said my you know my food is in your hand meaning that that's all the money he has so that, that you can tell where the empathy comes from.
2: By the way, what's, what's the name of the, uh, the, the Facebook group that you, you have here? Mighty Mix. Mighty Mix. Well, I don't know when this is going to drop, but when this does drop, uh, I have, I've freeze-framed exactly what I was talking about of his most Renfield moment. His mouth opens around. (laughs) If you pause it around, what what second is this? This is 14 seconds into the minute. You know, his eyes are open. His mouth is wide, but it's got a smile, his diabolical smile. His teeth are all (laughs) Up, his hair is a mess. And if you say, if you saw he was gonna get down on his hands and knees and start eating crickets, you know, you okay, that's a guy. That guy's gonna eat some damn crickets. That's all there is to it. I mean, I, I, will send that. I'll send this to you. Exactly what I'm talking about. But that's, this is really, if he, I, I, they don't list like the regional theater that he did on IMDb. But please tell me, like in some place in like Jim Thorpe, Pennsylvania, or is like in, in Newburn. New, North Carolina where they have community theater that, oh, we're, we got Renfield. I got the guy for you. I got the guy. Yeah. Remember the guy who was uh, going to sell his coat in Rocky? Kind of. Jack Hollander. Let me tell you. I'm going to use
0: that still as the uh, thumbnail for the, for the episode. Yeah, I'll, be,
2: I'll mail it to you there. So but okay. it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, he died in 1988 at age 70. He was, he was a Chicago actor and, uh, and obviously, well, born in Chicago, but obviously did most of his work in New York. Um, Injustice for All was a prison war and then Injustice for All which is if you've not seen Injustice for All it's a a really that's a great great movie uh, with Pacino and it's directed directed by Norman Jewison and written by uh, Valerie Curtin and Barry Levinson and the success of that and the Oscar nomination of that is what gave Barry Levinson the clout to start directing and he went on in the 80s Barry Levinson was about as reliable a director as there was. Diner, Tin Men, The Natural, Good Morning Vietnam, Rain Man, eventually Avalon. I mean, just the great film after great film. Yeah, you had a yeah. couple but, of but yeah, can... That's a little ta- tangent. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah no, and, that's what we do here. Yeah, but anyway, yeah. So there you go. Let's. Um, I'm giving credit where credit is due. And and by the way, though, I have this. Getting back to to Rocky here. This is one of the things that makes Rocky work, in my opinion. That think about i've been on this is like the third or fourth minute i've done with you and we have gloria in the pet shop we have bob here on the docks later we'll have the driver you know take her to the zoo the driver there uh, we'll have the bartender. You have these characters who are only in the movie for maybe a scene, maybe two. Right. But they don't waste that character. It's not just, okay, he intimidates someone. He's a sniveling person. You remember Bob.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: You remember Gloria. We got to the point where we were saying, God, f- 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 Gloria. I, right. I still hate <laughs> Gloria. <laughs> And that could have been a person who goes, uh, don't you need to do something downstairs, Adrian? Okay, totally forgettable character. Instead, that one character becomes, you know, there are no wasted characters in this movie. No. right, there. and and the And so many great films are like that, that, you know, if you go through, you know, if you talk about films like The Godfather, like Jaws, like Goodfellas, where people, you know, know every frame of the movie and you... You know, if I said you're a fan of Jaws, I said, Tiger Shark, a what? You know exactly who that guy is. You know know who, like, Enzo the Baker is in The Godfather. You know, Mm -hmm. someone who has, like, one or two quick scenes, and yet, if you don't waste that character, it makes the tapestry of the whole film better. And Rocky is one of those movies. There are no wasted characters in this movie.
0: Right, some movies are packed so tightly with characters that, they just fade into the background, and, and this doesn't have a whole lot of characters. And like you said, you remember, you remember everybody.
1: I mean, we've, I mean, we've we're approaching minute eight of talking about Bob. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's <similar to> Bob. <laughs>
0: yeah, 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 we're eight and minutes in. We talked in. to
1: probably at least two minutes on the on, the, on yesterday's episode, yeah. so we put a lot of time into Bob. Was, yeah, you no. Know.
0: Wait till we get to Gazel's driver.
1: <laughs>
2: that guy's yeah. that guy's brilliant. What an, what an a hole he is! Oh my god. Oh yeah. <laughs> He is a genuine. Uh, so- I'm
1: sure we haven't mentioned the last of uh, of uh, Gloria. Uh, I'll get back to Gloria <laughs> yeah, at that point. Yeah. He really got on my skin. Uh,
0: so Rocky tells Bob to keep his coat. And just uh, when you're at the point where you're you're starting to have questions about Rocky's character, he brings it back to to how you hope he would be. You know, compassionate, even when he knows that he's gonna get in trouble for it. He's gonna end up paying for it.
1: Yeah, but. It's almost like when when Rocky's when he gives him the coat and he's kind of like he gets like annoyed like keep the coat keep the coat and then he starts walking away and telling him he should have planned ahead. It's almost as if Rocky's annoyed at him for not having the money. Like Rocky doesn't want to hurt him. Rocky doesn't want to be. Rocky just wants you to have the money Mm -hmm. so you can take the money. He doesn't want to hurt you and you know just be done with it. So he's kind of he looks annoyed. He looks mad, but you kind of get the feeling he's just mad because. He doesn't want this to be this complicated. He, doesn't want, he just wants you to have the money, bring the money back, and that's it. He doesn't want this to be a whole production. He doesn't want to beat anybody up. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, he doesn't want to take your coat. But
2: you're right. That's one of the things that, that annoys him about this scene is that his job should be so easy. You, you right. owe money. Give me the money. He now, you now no longer owe the money. That way right. everyone's happy because they don't want him to break his thumb. They want the money. Right. You know, if you just do that, everyone's happy. Right. But, you know, now I've made it complicated, and I've got to, you know, i got to do something with it. And you got this Renfield dude, you know, offering a goddamn coat, you know, I mean, it's it, it, it makes, it's just like, why are you making this harder than it has to? If you planned ahead, you knew I was going to show up, you knew how much money you owed, and— You should just have the money.
1: Yeah. Bob
0: almost... He almost makes it bad for himself, too, by... I mean, he's yelling after Rocky, like, I'll take my thumb. Gazoo doesn't have to know. I, I would almost expect Rocky to turn around and go back and break his thumb now. Because, like, just shut up. You got away with a warning. But yeah, he walks away annoyed. And, like, just
1: stop, stop, stop. Quit while you're ahead. Right. And Bob keeps going. But it also, like... It shows that Rocky, you know, he doesn't want to lie to Gazzo. He doesn't want to, I'm not, I'm not going to pretend I broke your thumb. We're not going to play that game. I'm just going to go back and tell him that you didn't have the money and, and that's Deal that. with it, yeah. Next time, have the money. Plan ahead next time, Bob. Should have planned ahead. Enough. <laughs> you feel you feel bad for Bob, but. I don't feel bad for Bob. Like, he should have
0: planned ahead. I mean, he should have had the money. A, he's like, a, like a, a, a pitiful kind of yeah, character. Yeah, you, you
2: have pity for Bob. You don't necessarily have empathy for Bob, but you have pity for him.
1: Right. Right. I would like to know why Bob Oden's the money. Like, does Bob have a gambling problem? Does Bob, you know, what, what does Bob owe this money for? The horses? Bet on the he, horses? Probably doesn't
2: make, he probably doesn't make as much money as he, as he thinks he does, and he probably doesn't plan ahead. <laughs> I mean, that could, be, that could be the subtext of what Rocky says to him. Like, you know, next oh, time, plan ahead.
1: Maybe the you should plan ahead was you shouldn't have had to borrow the money in the first place. You should have planned right. ahead and we wouldn't be in this situation. But that's, that's another one of those one of those things.
0: Like, um, Bob doesn't explain why he needed the money. If you're making that movie today, um, Rocky's character is probably saying, yeah. if you needed that gambling money, or give him a speech about quitting gambling or something like that. Right. So yeah. they, again, they, they don't explain it. They don't need to. They just let it hang there.
2: By the way, Di, I just sent you the Renfield picture via email. So if you check your email box, I just sent that to you.
0: All right. That's going up as the thumbnail.
2: Yeah. Excellent.
0: All right, so Rocky, uh, he's standing on, on the B Street Bridge oh, at this
2: is Okay, keep going. I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. I'm just sorry. No, I, no, no. I love this shot. The, I love, love, love this shot of him on the bridge.
0: You know, it, it was really hard for me to find out information about this bridge because it's, I mean, it obviously not, not a main bridge. And, and where he's standing, the train bridge is, is behind him, That the one with the green uh, support in the middle. Mm. And I, I kept trying to look up the Green Train Bridge, but not realizing that that he's on the one in, in the foreground. But it's called the B Street Bridge at East Gurney Street in uh, Philadelphia. When I found out the name of it, I looked up B Street Bridge at East Gurney in Philly. It came up with with uh, articles about it being a, quote, heroin hellscape.
1: Okay.
0: Uh, they, they say that people would just go to the bridge and shoot up. So that tells you what kind of area of town we're in, too. Yeah,
2: probably not the tour bus stopping by that one, either. Um... <laughs> Enter at your own risk. (laughs) There's a nice part of the transition here when he leaves Bob and he walks past the Sohio Explorer, whatever the thing was called, and he takes the rubber ball out of his, his jacket and he starts bouncing it, which is clearly a stress reliever for him. Yeah. And, yeah. and yeah. so he's bouncing as he's walking away, and then we cut to him at the bridge. And again, another example, this is just a long lens on a camera, on a tripod, shooting Stallone standing on a bridge. And yet there's depth to the shot, there's character to the shot, and it's, it's just a, it's a beautiful image, and it's a beautiful character-building image. And he's still bouncing the ball. So you got the sense that he bounced that mm-hmm. ball from the dock all the, all the way to this bridge. And God knows how far away this bridge is. And it's a subtle thing, but it just it leads to this is what the opening of the film is. We are building, who, we are building this guy's character as a human and the environment that he's in. Those are the two things you have to establish. <laughs> and qu- quick scenes like the scene on the bridge and this just do it perfectly. And he
0: it shows that he has ticks, for lack of a better word, that everybody has. Like the guy that chews on the pen cap, yeah. um, you know things like that. His thing is bouncing the ball. Like that's his. That's his. Yeah. Like you said, stress reliever. Uh, You know the brown Cadillac comes and picks him up as the, the scene ends.
2: Well, that's and that's another. Again, this is another. Uh, I'm being I, I, I'm being a broken record in something here. But think about in this. and the beauty of this shot is you have. The, the crummy bridge, you have this rickety uh, elevated train going on the background where most people, like Rocky, will be taking the elevated train. You cut to the wider shot where you see the tracks, so you get the elevated train. You've got the sort of the cargo train, and then in the middle of that comes out of place this really nice car, at least in 76, this was a really nice car. And so right away, just visually, you see this car is out of place in this situation. So therefore, this is clearly a person of power and a person of importance in this place without saying a word, without doing music, without saying, here comes the the most expensive car in town, just visually. And he stops right in there. And uh, it just it's so it's such great visual filmmaking without being pretentious and without being overbearing it just i'm going to tell the story visually and it's parts of this are almost like a silent movie it's like you can see it without dialogue and without anything hitting you over the head and you don't even realize it when it's happening but you just it's all painting this environment perfectly
0: you mentioned how how it's layered with the train in the background then then the bridge with the car yeah. and then the, the tracks underneath with the cargo train it's it it is like a striking image if all those tracks were stacked with trains it it would feel too cluttered maybe but it's just it's it's nice the way they and even
2: with some of the tracks empty i mean we saw that working on the docks doesn't pay and we're seeing that maybe there's not as much stuff coming through but this guy's making good money so who the hell is this guy so it it adds to you know if it was a oh, it's a robust economy here in Philadelphia. no, it's like tracks trains aren't coming, you know poor bob can poor Bob isn't making enough money to pay off a hundred bucks um but uh I wonder what you have to do to make some money around here. Well, this guy knows, and um I think you you pretty much know that this is the
1: boss the Rockies, working for. Like you know he's not obviously not going to collect another debt from a guy in a Cadillac, you
2: know, so you you know right away that this has got to be the big Mr. Gazo, and, and subconsciously he walked past the Cadillac on the docks when he when the guys who said hello to him. So you see that there's, pro, you know, this isn't like I run the city. It's like no, I run this tiny little portion of it. You know, i I, you know, it's not like this isn't the heads of the five families. This is just yeah, I make a couple of bucks in this neighborhood and that's enough to pay the bills.
0: Yeah, but they show each other that that level of respect. You know, there's no no turf wars. At least none yeah. that we see all right that's all i have for
2: this minute how about you guys no I think- yeah and uh pretty yeah. good yeah i think it's pretty good it just it's more it's more great storytelling through cinema and it's amazing how you know i there's a, the great comedian and and he has his own show on cnn w cabal bell wrote a big thing about um, the Rocky films and he was on a he was on another podcast called The Dork Forest talking about the Rocky films and he was and he I think he did this right around I think Creed was just about to come out or maybe that had already come out I think I don't quite remember, but he's saying how one of the reasons why the Rocky films have survived all these years is there's this you know this thought that oh it's just the same movie over and over, and it's not is that this is a very 70s film. Mm-hmm. And the films that came out in the 80s were very 80s films. Yeah. I mean, you definitely. look how this you look how this is edited compared to Rocky's 3 and 4, which were of the MTV era. Yeah. And you had, you know, Fast Pace, you know, the, the Eye of the Tiger and Hearts on Fire. And that's how we're setting up the characters. As opposed to this which this was the taste of the time. It Films unfolded in a much slower way. And then you look at you know, how Creed and even Rocky Balboa, how those were more in line of the films of the eras that they came out in. So while on the surface the films tend to be eerily similar, the style of them changes it's, it's similar to the james bond films that they change with the eras they change with the tastes and so you're like oh this is definitely a bond from the 70s this is a bond film in the 2010s feel a lot different than you know moonraker feels a lot different from than skyfall which feels a lot different from russia with love because it it's the different eras and these the Think about how we established Clubber Lang as a character in Rocky Three, compared to how we're establishing this with you know, the rapid-fire montage of the tiger and all this, <laughs> as opposed to a quiet scene on the dock where where Bob is seventy dollars light. Yeah, yeah. And and it's malleable. So this is a very seventies film, realistic, and the way that the films were shot and those other ones were shot, I mean, freaking. You know, uh, uh, Kluber Lang and Yvonne Drago are shot like they're 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 cartoon villains. Oh, absolutely. So it they this is a film about the seventies where we were in the seventies. The later films were films about the eighties. Mm-hmm. You know, this mm-hmm. is definitely you know if this is a very much a post Watergate film, then those other films are might as well be Reagan re-election campaign films. <laughs> And I say that with no, with no political bent or anything. It just was, this was the mentality of America then, and then the mentality of America in the mid-'80s was beating the shit out of Yvonne Drago. Yeah, I think <laughs> <This> was, um,
0: <laughs> a Reagan re-election film was uh, Rocky Ford's tagline, wasn't it?
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a year too late because the re-election was 84, yeah, but, you okay. know, <laughs> but, you know, we had gone from Watergate you know, and Vietnam to coming off of the LA Olympics in '84, where the Russians didn't show up, so we won every medal. Like right. we can't stop winning, you know. Like, you know, we beat the Russians in hockey. or win winning everything. You know? <laughs> oh, the, we're a year removed from we're a year removed from Top Gun for God's sakes. You know, oh, this yeah. is where we are. We've picked ourselves up. We've dusted ourselves off. <laughs> Hearts on fire.
0: No, I love it. I can't, I can't wait. wait. Can't wait for Rocky Four gonna be some some laughs, some, some tears. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting.
2: The film, or, you know, that Paulie is the foreshadowing of what Rocky could be, yeah. In um in this, and so by Rocky four. He's no longer going to be Polly, and they had no idea what the hell to do with Polly. They gave him a goddamn robot, <laughs> and so we don't know what the hell. We got Bert Young, who's a great actor, and he's great as Polly, and 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 he and he loved to revive characters. I mean, like you know, uh, uh, Gloria is in Rocky Five. You know, they that they, they you know. Marie was in Rocky V. She got cut out of Rocky yes. V but and, and the character became the character in the Rocky Balboa film. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um yeah.
2: but uh you know, that he loves to bring back the characters, but you know, it's uh you you know, to have, what are you gonna do with Paulie? Yeah. You know? <laughs> All right, you gotta keep him around. Yeah, Burt Young's a great young know, he was he's he's wonderful. I had a friend of mine who was in a friend of mine was in a movie with him and he just says he was just Fucking cool cut up of a guy, like just really down to earth sweetheart of a guy, and uh, just. And, and he said, I'm, "I'm, i My friend was in. It was a, it was an indie film that Burt Young had a small part in. My friend was also in the movie, and he was like, "You know, Mr. Young." He said, "Yeah." I, said, I mean, he wanted to ask a bunch of Rocky questions, and he was like, "I know you probably don't want to talk about Rocky," and and he's like, "Why wouldn't I want to talk about Rocky? It's a great movie. I'm in it. I got an Oscar <laughs> nomination. I will ask you anything you want." Like, okay, cool. He said. You know, you know,
0: That's nice to see guys that don't forget, you know, where they started.
2: Yeah, he started
0: with Rocky, but, you know, the thing that, that shot him to stardom.
2: Yeah, a guy who looks like Burt Young doesn't tend to be an Oscar-dominated actor in a classic film. And in a role that everybody remembers. So, of course, he was like, yeah. You know, he's, I, I, he was great in Chinatown, which came out, like, two years before Rocky. In fact, he's in the opening scene of Chinatown. Anyway, that's for the that's for the Chinatown. Man. <laughs>
0: yeah, Sully, that's all yours if you want it.
2: I'll take it. It's a great, it's a great movie. Go for it. You in terms of the minute by minute stuff, you know, like this is this is classic. You know, like Raiders. Like I did a, a couple of like Toy Story. I did. You know, if if someone was doing like a like, like a depressing movie, you know, even a good movie, but a depressing movie, you know, like Apocalypse Now. Right. You know, or or the Deer Hunter. You know, or you know, or Children of Men, you know, which is a great, or, or no. Someone said to me, "No Country." Well, you should do No Country for Old Men because that's a great movie. And I said, like, I don't want to live with No Country for Old Men minute by minute. You
0: know, <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of suffering that you you have to <laughs> yeah, endure. A, uh,
2: yeah, like okay, in this one, we're shitting our pants while uh, he's running he's being chased by uh, uh, Javier Bardem. What are your thoughts of this? Yeah, uh,
0: giant do, scary do I, psychopath.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. In this scene, we're still scared. and
0: uh, <laughs> Yeah, that's a lot to to have to live with.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Unless, uh, I want to be, like, you know, you said Chinatown, which is a great, great movie. I It's one of my it's one of my favorite movies, but, you know, it, it's not a very happy movie. You know, it's not like, hey, let's go to this scene where it's like, it's my sister, it's my daughter. Yeah, let's break <laughs> that down and right. look at what kind of... What vases in the background of this that scene where we find out there was incest? You know, yeah, like, you don't want to uh,
0: marinate in that for. for
2: two you know, let's marinate that for hundred and thirty <laughs> episodes, shall we? Well, while <laughs> well
0: while trying to tell Minute is in production, you can you can stop by our Facebook listeners group, Mighty Mix, or find us on Twitter at Rocky Minute or on DuelingGenre dot com, which we have a whole buttload of other material out there other podcasts and stuff for you to check out so uh until tomorrow what will be the price for not breaking bob's thumbs stop back and find out on the next rocky minute